Let's make our confession. It says, I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen to that? Tell, the, tell your neighbor, you have the victory. You can be seated. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. My darling wife and I are going to take a little trip to uh, California to do our grandson Zach's wedding out there. Zachary and Casey, we're looking forward to it. They're going to, uh, they're going to be getting married. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time. We're looking forward to that. Dan has a great word for you. He will be here Sunday. He does an awesome job, and he is ready to go. So make sure you're back here Sunday. Visitors today, I see my friend Timothy all the way back there. Is that right, Timothy? Anybody else with visiting with us for the very first time tonight? A couple more over there in the middle section. Let's give them. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We don't want them ever to leave if they don't have a church. If you have a church, stay where you are and be a blessing. But if you don't, we want you to stay here and be a blessing to us, and we will be a blessing to you. Now, let's welcome them. We're glad that you are all with us. 9, 11 o'clock, we're here on eighth Sunday. I have children's ministry, great uh, youth outreach. Um, wonderful nursery teaching the Word of God to these little kids. And then on uh, Wednesday night, uh, the youth are here and uh, the same type of thing. So we are glad that you are with us. Honey, I'm surprised to see you here, but I'm glad you're here. Uh, are you going to stick around? Come on up here. Show us how to do it. I thought we had a demonstration. Hey, I know. You can, we can do the demonstration. I have a little video. Turn your clock back. You sure you don't want to? No. You trust me implicitly? No. <laughs> Thanks for praying about it, at least. <laughs> no hesitation on that one. Uh, is it ready, the announcement? No. Just on, by the end on, of the service, Here, like I'm not going to fall back there. <laughs> I have to be fully equipped, ready, physically strong to go to California with Pastor Bill. Y'all need to pray for us. We do not have a GPS except in our phone. He has instructions, but, you know, he doesn't really always care to look at those. So uh, if I don't come back, I'm out there. <laughs> I know the way. Cruising. I know the way to San Jose. Well, there we go. We're not going there. We're going to Los Angeles. <laughs> Just like I said, pray for us. Uh, clock's back this weekend. We're going to fall back. And there is a really cute um, announcement tonight, but I don't know, it must be a little longer than what we thought. But anyway, if it's ready, at the end, show it, okay? When, when do we do it? Saturday Sunday. night? Well, Saturday night, in the, in the night. We don't do it in California, do we? Yes, we do. We do. The whole country? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I showed up for that announcement. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, uh, Pam... You, you, this video is not that funny, but it's very, it, it's, it's, very uh, it's, it's very in tune with where a lot of people live. You may want, it's only two minutes. It's real cute. How many of you would be willing to do anything God told you to do? Can I see your hand? Glory to God. I think I see half the hands 
up. I hope it's my vision that isn't seeing correctly. How, how many of you, well, no, we're going to pray deliverance for the rest of you. How many of you would, would be willing to do whatever God told you to do? Can I, okay, glory to God. Thank you. Now we've got the right group here. How many of you remember uh, years ago, this is really going to date you age-wise, but when Johnny Carson, not the Tonight Show, how many of you remember the Tonight Show, Johnny Carson? Okay, how many of you remember Johnny before he started on the Tonight Show with Who Do You Trust? Can I see your hands? It looks like only two or three hands. It was, a, it was a powerful show, I mean a funny show, but it would always be a husband and a wife. And they would sometimes separate them and, and then they would, they would uh, ask a question or do something and then they would decide which one they trusted. And uh, then a lot of times it would be the, the wife as well, okay, I'll trust the husband. And then he got it wrong and they lost a lot of money and then they would really start bickering with one another. How many of you realize that sometimes the husband and wife, you can see things differently? And, uh, and uh, so anyway, this is not what the video was. I couldn't find that one. But, but, <laughs> but, this, video, but this video is so true. Let's just say, I'll do... Whatever God showed me to do. This video is not necessarily a humorous thing, but I think it's very true with where a lot of us live in our life when we try to understand how God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And uh, David took my scriptures we're going to use tonight, and I, and I agree totally with them. But uh, who do you trust? Ask your neighbor, who do you trust? Let's, let's watch this now. It's only a couple of minutes. I just don't trust you. You don't trust me? No, I mean, I want to trust you. I just don't. <laughs> I have an exercise that I think will really help you. Oh, okay. Stand here and face this direction. Mm-hmm. Now, do you trust me? Uh, no, I just said I don't trust you. All right, well, this is all part of the exercise. Oh, all right. Okay. Whenever I ask you if you trust me, you say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Even though I don't. It's practice. Okay. So, do you trust me? <laughs> yes, Jesus. I trust you. Now, fall back. Are you going to catch me? Don't worry about that part. Okay, that's the part I'm worried about. <laughs> you can do this, okay? Just trust me. Trust you. Fall back. Okay, well, Jesus, I trust Good. you. Yes, I do trust you. I'm going to fall okay. back. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's great. Uh, okay. Let's try this again. Just face this direction and keep your feet planted, okay. all right? Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Okay, I'm going to do it. All right. I'm really going to do it. (laughs) Good. Ah! Oh, Jesus, you really caught me. I didn't think you were going to catch me, but you did. Oh, that was great. That was great. You're ready for level two. Level two, here I come, baby. Woo! (laughs) Okay, hold it. (laughs) Oh, you know what? You're too close. You need to move back. Ah, right. Okay. (laughs) This one's a little bit different, Laura. Okay. Uh, stand here. Uh-huh. But face me. Woo! Forward fall. Okay. I can do that. Wait. Whoa. Okay. Um, wait for my signal. Oh, right. The Jesus signal. Yes. The Jesus signal. Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus. I trust you so much. Good. Fall back. <laughs> That's awesome. It is awesome. Especially when you do it. <laughs> Seriously? Of course. Okay, Jesus. I don't know if you noticed this, but there is nobody over there. I know it looks that way to you. It looks that way. It is that way. You can do this, Laura. Just trust me and fall back. Jesus, I can't do that. We can do it together. I can't. You can. 
I won't. Not exactly a humorous ending, but a very true-to-life ending on where people live their life today. I won't. That's the word that many times we don't articulate verbally and speak forth, but we live in the world of, I won't. I can't figure this out. She finally figured out that if she would drop backward into his arms, and she experienced it a few times, she would continue to do it. But when she was instructed to do it a different way, she couldn't wrap her mind around understanding it. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And the word to you, and honey, go ahead and leave. I know you've got stuff to do, but uh, the word to you is, who do you trust? Who is the number one source in your life of your trust? It should be God. We should trust the Spirit of the living God in us, the Holy Spirit. We should trust what Jesus has given us in the covenant. And if we do, then we will do great and mighty exploits. But many of us, most of us, at one time or another, have lived in the world, I'll do whatever God is showing me to do as long as I can understand it and as long as I can see how it's going to work. But when it comes beyond our understanding, many times we have a tendency to stop, and we're just going to wait. What are we waiting for? We don't know. We just are standing there and waiting. God is waiting for us to do what He has shown us to do, and God is always giving us instructions and telling us what to do. It isn't a question of whether or not God is speaking to you and showing you what to do. It is a question of whether or not you're doing what God has shown you to do. David shared a great message on that offering. Uh, Woody Woodson had a great message last night. God loves us. Everybody say, God loves me. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. God loves you and he wants to bless you. And he wants to give you things. And he wants you to succeed. And he wants you to, to accomplish great and mighty exploits for him. But it's going to be based on his plan, not him trying to catch up with us to bless us when we're going down the wrong path. But if we're doing what God has called us to do and we're living the life that he has for us, then all of the blessings of God are going to come upon us. Let's read what this scripture says. David already read it. But the Word of God says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not to your own understanding, and that He will direct your path. It, he will direct our steps. So it, the Word of God says, trust God and lean not to your own understanding. One of the biggest challenges that all of us have is leaning to our understanding. Can I see the hands of the people that describes you that you have a challenge sometimes trying to understand things instead of just doing what God is showing you to do. And it's in the understanding part where we can get into serious trouble. I remember, and all of you have heard this, this testimony before when Pam and I have shared, but I remember when Pam and I first came together, it was a total miracle. We, we've got so many new people in our church, we probably need to give our testimony. Just the two of us coming together, it's an unbelievable supernatural event. 
But when God spoke to my heart and I was trying to figure out my life, I had $30,000 in debt, a failed marriage, uh, just all sorts of challenges. Had at one time tried to drink my way through everything and that didn't work too good. And I was really a mess until the guy picked me up and said, look, I'm going to take you out here and, and I want you to meet my pastor, Charles Hackett. And set me down in Charles Hackett's office and, uh, and led me to the Lord. I'll never forget that event. It changed my entire life. But when I finally came out of that euphoric moment of receiving Christ as my Lord and Savior, how many of you know what I'm talking about when I just said that? That euphoric moment of, oh, glory to God, something happened. I see trees. I see people. Everything looks different now. Every promise, I mean, every problem that I had before I got saved was still right there looking at me. And it wasn't long until I started getting really depressed and, and, and all, all those disappointments again because I didn't know what I had. I knew I had eternal life. I, somehow I had that assurance that I was going to live in heaven someday, but I didn't know how I was going to live and, and accomplish what God wanted me to do on this earth. And I remember when I would pray, and God brought Pam into my life, and then we got married, and when I'd pray, I only heard one thing. How many of you know that sometimes when you pray and want a paragraph or a chapter from God, you get a one-line sentence? Can I see the hands if anybody else just gets that? And, and, and what I was getting is, I want to know how to get out of debt. I want to know how to live this life. I want to know how to do all these things. God, show me how. I've given you my life now. I know you're going to show me. People said, get a prayer journal and write down what God shows you, and he'll show you everything he wants you to know, and you just start doing it, and all the blessings of God will come upon you. The message I heard back then, I'm still preaching to this day. And so I remember in my prayer journal, I wrote down <clears throat> the first thing I heard. Go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning for your life. Go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning for your life. I thought, okay, now, how am I going to live? How am I going to have enough money? How am I going to break the news to Pam? We've got three children on her side, three children on my side, and we're going to go to Tulsa. Where am I going to live? Where am I going to work? Why am I going out there? How's it going to go? Can, can I see the hands of all the people that you have a mind like I'm describing right now? And I'm coming up with all these things and all these things, and I can't wrap my mind around, go to Tulsa, and you'll find the meaning for your life. And then I didn't hear anything else from God. That was all I heard over and over and over again. The Word of God says, trust in the Lord, lean not to your own understanding, I didn't know that scripture then, but that scripture has changed my life. Turn to your neighbor and say, it'll change your life too if you let it. It'll change your life too if you let it, because God knows what he's doing and we don't. Timothy, I met you for the first time today, didn't I? I'm glad you're here. Is this, you've been to our church before, but it was the first time. I am glad you're here because God has an awesome plan for your life. I was talking to somebody recently and they were telling me that they were doing their own thing. And uh, they were really down and having serious challenges, but they were doing their own thing. And I said, oh, that's good. I said, uh, how's it working out for you? <laughs> it was, they were slowly sinking. It says, not working out too good. And I said, well, I got a better idea. I got a better idea that if you really pursue the things of God, then God will take care of you. He'll want to take care of you if you're not doing the right thing, and he'll try to take care of you. But as long as you're running away from God, it's more difficult for God to bless you. And so anyway, this, this person was trying to wrap their mind of understanding around it. Let's just say it. My mind, My mind 
does not have to understand. Now, I'm going to share some stories with you out of the Bible and a couple of other stories because I guarantee you it will absolutely change. Understanding is extremely dangerous. Now, you have a strong mind. There's nothing wrong with having a strong mind. But understanding can be very dangerous. Uh, distractions, it distracts you from, I think we have this to put up here. It, 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 it distractions, uh, for, it'll distract from where our focus should be. In other words, our focus should be on what did God say. Let me see the hands of all the people. You know you have heard from God in areas of your life. Can I see your hand? Now that is your main focus. This is what you meditate on. This is what Jesus said when man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When I was talking uh, the other day, just uh, two weeks ago, I was talking to David Sachs, uh, the owner of the property that we have been looking at for a number of years. The word of God says, don't become weary in well-doing. I know that that is what the Word of God says, and I know how to violate that Word and get weary. <laughs> Glory to God, because I was weary. And, uh, but when I talked to Mr. Sachs, it started to lift off again because he just reiterated what he's already said, that I believe that building belongs to you. I believe it'll be a feather in my cap when I get to heaven, and I believe it'll be your legacy to your church. And so all of a sudden, I'm built back up again. What he didn't know is he reinforced the word I had in my prayer journal that it was just what I needed to hear at that moment. See, uh, the focus has to be on what did God say. And many times when I'm, I'm talking to people and they're going through a hard time, and I'll say to them, what did God say? And I say, well, I'm not really sure. And I say, no, that's not true. That's not true. It's almost as if, you know, sometimes people will be offended that they think I'm saying that they're not telling the truth. But it's not true that you haven't heard from God. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not true. You've heard from God. You have to go back to what you heard. Maybe you didn't hear anything today, but you know what you heard from God. And if you go back to what you heard, am I doing what God told me to do? If you're doing what God told you to do by trusting in God and having faith in God, that blessing's on its way. It's coming. That ball is in the air, and it's going to be exactly where you're going to be. The money's going to be there. We had a situation years ago in this church where we were going through such a narrow spot. Had one just recently, too. Uh, you probably got some a report. Uh, maybe not. You've been out of town. But, but anyway, it, it's just such a blessing. God told me, stop looking at the attendance and stop looking at the finances of the church. And I said, God, glory to God, I won't do that because it's the weekend. And Monday morning after the uh, services, uh, I'm looking at the attendance, I'm looking at the finances, and some days it feels great, and some days it's like, what am I doing? And God, but God said, don't look at it. How many of you realize if you do what God tells you to do, you'll be blessed, and if you don't do what God tells you to do, you won't be blessed? I love our old confession. The word, let's say, the word of God, word of God. is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. How many of you believe it's really just that simple? You do what God said. So we go to Tulsa. But look up at this understanding. 
Uh, well, let's go back to that just for a moment. Distractions uh, from where the focus should be. You're looking at the situation. You're looking at the circumstance. You're trying to figure out what to do, how to do it, and God's already telling you what to do. It opens the door to your emotions. Oh, glory to God. I wish my wife were here. We talk about this sometime. I say, honey, God made women different than men. How, how many of you women that are here and you're married, how many of you realize you have more emotions churning for you than your husband? Can I see your hands? Uh, I, how many of you husbands believe that's definitely true? <laughs> I asked her one time, I said, I don't understand how our emotions can be so different. Uh, and, and they didn't go over very well. Uh, but, 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 uh, but it opens the door to emotions. Now, there's nothing wrong with emotions. There's nothing wrong with, with all the emotions that God gave you. But if your emotions are leading you, some days it's going to be good and some days it's going to be really bad. And uh, so you can't let those emotions get in the way of what you see, and, and it will affect your understanding. It will affect your uh, trusting God. And then introduces contrary thoughts and fears. <clears throat> when the disciples, I think it's in Matthew chapter 5, but when the disciples were told by Jesus to get in the boat and go to the other side, I always relate to that of going to Tulsa in, in my mind. Go, get in the boat and go to Tulsa and shut up and everything's going to be taken care of. Well, there was a lot more to it than that. But they told the disciples, get in the boat and go to the other side. And Jesus got in the boat with them and he's going with them to the other side. And all of a sudden there's a storm. And the storm, it said the, the winds were contrary. In other words, it, it, was, it was a difficult situation probably not what they had expected. They had two choices. <clears throat> they could focus on what Jesus said and go to the other side because that's what he said, or they could focus on the storm that was contrary to the weather they had anticipated, I would imagine. They wanted good weather. They didn't have good weather. But what happened was they became very fearful. It wasn't so much whether or not, in my opinion, the storm had to be rebuked. It's a situation of, we can go through a storm. Let's just say, I can go through a storm. And every one of us have. We go through the storm focused on what the Word of God said, Trusting God, knowing He'll take care of it, and not trying to understand why did we have a storm? Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I wore the wrong clothes. Maybe I should have prayed an extra hour instead of a half hour. Maybe I should have prayed two hours instead of one hour. Folks, God is not a taskmaster that beats you over the head. He is not saying, you only prayed an hour today and I want you to pray two hours so I'm going to punish you. God does not punish His children. He loves His children. God loves us. How many of you are looking for ways to bless your children, not punish your children. Every single one of you are like that because you have God's nature inside you. Well, I want to bless my children. I want to bless my grandchildren. I want to do things for them because it's God's nature to want to bless like that. And that's how God is. So it's not a question of He's trying to hurt us. It's a question He's trying to help us. So our, our trust has to be in God. Now, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, I think it's one of the strongest scriptures in the entire Bible. You hear me talk about this scripture all the time. And it's when Jesus was going into the wilderness and he was confronted by the devil. And he said, man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When Jesus walked on this earth, he spoke forth the words that he heard his father speak. He spoke for, forth the words that were in line with the will of the Father. That scripture uh, in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 4, is actually the same scripture as in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. So Jesus is saying, man shall live 
by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If God said it, that settles it. Matter of fact, let's say it like we mean it. If God said it, that settles it. So if God said we are healed by the stripes of Jesus, is the issue of healing settled? Yes. Now we know there is a time frame for a manifestation, but the issue is settled. The issue is settled. And once we get that in our mind and in our spirit, that we walk by faith and not by sight. And I trust God, and this is what God said, and therefore I'm fine. Now, I want to give you uh, uh, just uh, kind of a recap of a story. I think it's Genesis. uh, Yeah, I'm just going to recap the whole thing. But it's in Genesis chapter 16. And and, and the the, the recap of the story, I'm just going to tell it in story form, but is Abraham and Sarah. They had been promised a child. And, and they were excited about that. Well, in the beginning, they weren't excited because they couldn't figure it out. Sarah laughed because she couldn't understand how she could have a child at her age. I think she finally had the child. Was she 90 when she finally had it? Uh, I think she was 75 or something in there when, when she was told that. Maybe later than that, I don't know. But anyway, the bottom line, that doesn't affect the story. The bottom line is they were told they were going to have a child. And Abraham, he, we're led to believe he just kind of sat back and said, hey, you know, I'm assured that if God wants us to have a child, we'll have a child. And, you know, he seemed to be less enthused about making it happen than Sarah was. Sarah seemed to be kind of excited about having a child. I think that, that could be a, a lady thing, don't you think? Ladies get real excited about having a child. Guys do too, but Sarah seemed to be more excited about it than Abraham. She became so excited about it that she wanted to help God. Can I see the hands of all the people that from time to time you've really wanted to help God? It's like, God, you got my time frame, uh, you got your time frame, and uh, it's not working out, so I'm going to give you a hand here. Uh, I think we've, uh, let's all say, been there, done that. So Sarah decides to help God, and she has a handmaiden. Uh, basically, a, you know, a kind of a, a, a handmaiden that they've had back in those times. They they work for you. They, I don't know how much you pay them. I don't even know if they did pay them. But Hagar, and so she gets this wild idea that I can have Hagar sleep with my husband Abraham. And she can produce the baby because my womb seems to be dead. And then the baby will be mine and everything will be okay. Now, can I see the hands again? I just like to see hands, so humor me along. Can I see the hands of all the people? You've heard something that God told you. And then you sit down with your little sheet and paper because you've been to uh, uh, Administrative Planning School 101 and you know how to make a list, a to-do list. And so you get your little A list out there and say, God wants me to be rich. Well, this is obviously how I'll do it or something else like that. Let me see all the hands of the people that you have tried to understand and go ahead and implement God's plan based on what you think. Uh, Let's say it, not too smart. My hand is raised too. And uh, I have been there and done that in many areas of my life. If my wife were here right now, she'd say amen to that. We have been down many rabbit trails over the years. I have been extremely active over the years, in my younger years with the Lord, of trying to help God fulfill my plan based on my plan and not his plan, knowing what he told me he was going to do and helping him. So back to Hagar. 
Abraham uh, was apparently more than willing to help, and so, so he goes in and sleeps with, uh, 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 just following his wife's command. <laughs> that amazes me, it really does. I'm just sorry, but <laughs> if you insist, honey. Uh, but, but anyway, so here comes, here comes uh, Hagar becoming pregnant, and, uh, and she delivers Ishmael. Now, at first, Sarah is really excited. Have you ever birthed something yourself that you thought was part of God's plan, only to have it be, come back and bite you uh, and realize that, uh-oh, I have really compounded the situation. And that's exactly what happened here. And all of a sudden, Hagar is just so excited and happy with Ishmael, and Sarah starts to become jealous. Duh, I could have seen that one coming. <laughs> Let me see the hands of all the people. You could see that coming. That wasn't going to work out from the beginning. That was a dumb plot. But, but anyway, so they really have a problem here. And so in the midst of this problem, uh, even uh, as the child grew, Ishmael grew, Ishmael started then becoming upset with what eventually happened. Sarah became pregnant through God. In other words, Abraham and Sarah finally, I think Abraham was 100, Sarah was 90 or somewhere around there, finally gave birth to the child of the promise because God had planned it all along. God's timing is not our timing. Tell your neighbor, God's timing is not our timing. So we can't say, God said, and now it's going to happen now. No, no. There are things in my, I would have never dreamed, never dreamed that that land that we have been standing for, it started in 2008. That has been eight years of standing for what we believe is going to be a miracle that the entire community is going to see, that this church is going to see, that it was something that was done by the hand of God and that man had no hand in this. It was God's hand. And, and I want to share this with you because I go back in here, not this book, but it's another one, and read what Mr. Sachs, I've kept a record of what he said all the time, because when he first looked at that building, I sent him, when I found out who the owner was, Sue told me, I sent him a text and just told him that I felt like God had shown me that, that there was a building that God was going to have for us and that the person that owned the building wouldn't know it. And Mr. Sachs called me immediately and said, that church is, that building is perfect for a church. Tell me again what you think God said. And he let me, a businessman out in Manhattan, have visited with him out there. He let me share everything that I felt like God said with him. And he said, I believe it's God. We are in agreement. So we are in agreement with a man of God of the Jewish faith who said, I believe what you heard from God is God and we're going to make it happen. And I always think about what he said. Well, I'm going to be involved in helping because it's going to be a feather in my cap when I get to heaven. And I thought, glory to God, let them have feathers, Lord. <laughs> let them have feathers. <laughs> glory to God because it's going to happen. So what happens then is that we get to that point when sometimes it doesn't happen, we can try to do something and it doesn't work. I have been to see the mayor several times. I think six times or seven times. This amazed me. I haven't shared this with any of you guys, but, but this amazes me. The last time I went to see the mayor, the mayor's getting tired of seeing me. I'm going to tell you the truth, I'm getting tired of seeing the mayor. But he has stood against us on that rezoning. And uh, so I was praying the other day, I said, God, 
I don't understand this. I know it's probably not, a, not time, but I just don't understand it. And this is what I heard in my spirit. Who told you to go see the mayor? Now, it's cost us, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we had to pay some money. It's, it cost us almost $1,500 to do a zoning request to get that building. And the other thing I was praying, <laughs> I have to repent before the finance committee and everybody else. That happened about four or five years ago. And, uh, and I was talking about that to the Lord. I said, who told you to do that? Well, I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> and I said, well, I started telling this through my prayer journal. I knew it wasn't in there, but I thought maybe I can find it somewhere. Maybe I can write it in there. God never told me to go see the mayor. God never told me to apply for zoning change. God told me to wait, and I would see his hand move. I would know it was the hand of God. The community would know, and the entire church would know. And I decided I was going to help God. I was going to birth a little, uh, little Ishmael here. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Ishmael. God loved Ishmael. But what we do is, is we set up a situation where we're trying to cram something in that doesn't fit because God didn't tell us. God is, has this well-oiled machine for us. And everything that we do should be based on God said. And the rest of it is rest. We're at total rest. Children of God didn't inherit the land that God had from the promised land when he wanted to, to inherit because they wouldn't rest. They kept trying to figure it out. We'll get to that in just a moment. So here's Hagar. Hagar is now, uh, now uh, <clears throat> Isaac is born, and Ishmael doesn't particularly, he mocks Isaac, and Sarah sees it, and she gets really upset, and, 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 and something profound here. Uh, I, I want to read it to you. It's in the book of Genesis. It was like I was reading this for the very first time, uh, and I thought, now God, that doesn't sound right. And then I felt like it's six, uh, Genesis chapter 16, Verse number five. Now, let me paraphrase it till we get there. Abraham has been part of this whole thing, but Sarah came up with this weird scheme of having Abraham sleep with the servant girl, with the handmaid. So all of a sudden, Sarah's had it with Hagar. She's had it with the whole situation. And in verse number five of Genesis 16, then Sarah said that, it, Sarah has realized she made a mistake. Turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes we just need to realize we've made a mistake. Sometimes you just need to realize I've made a mistake. And so Sarah, then after uh, uh, Hagar, they're going to take care of Hagar and Ishmael and throw them out of the camp. Verse number five, then Sarah said to Abram, now remember Abram's just going along with Sarah being a good old boy. I wish my wife were here. <laughs> I say, uh, hallelujah. Then Sarah said to Abram, my wrong be upon you. And when I read that, I said, well, that's just like a woman. <laughs> no, it said, my wrong be upon you. I thought, well, why is he getting the blame? It's her fault. In the Garden of Eden, Adam was just sitting back watching television, flipping through the channels, 
God said, boy, you need some help. I'm going to send you a woman. And so he takes the rib out and, and, and the, creates a beautiful woman. And Adam's life was never, th- no, that's not how it went. But, but, but all of a sudden, you know, Eve says, hey, why don't you try this, honey? You know, she came out of the kitchen and said, hey, we got some good fruit here. And, and so he just took a bite and she had already taken a bite and the whole world collapsed. Uh, you know, it's kind of like that. And I said, God, Eve, um, excuse me, uh, Sarah dumped all this on, on Abraham. And this is what I heard. And then I found a comment that back really validated what I felt like God showed me. Abraham was the problem, not Sarah. Abraham was the problem. He was the spiritual head of the family. What is the biggest problem we have in America today? Spiritual heads of families. We have families being raised without men. Families being raised without men who will be the spiritual head. Men who have let women take over, and I don't blame the women, because a lot of women say, my husband's brain dead. If I don't take over, nothing's going to get done. I know that's not true in this church, but you understand. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the woman says, lead, follow, or get out of my way. That would be my wife's bumper sticker. <laughs> lead, follow, or get out of the way. No, she's not really like that. But, but, but there are times when things happen like that. Abraham was the spiritual head of his family. The fact that Sarah came to him and said, look, we got a problem here. I'm old and I'm getting older and we need to have that son that God promised us. So therefore, the only way I can understand how this is going to work is you're going to have to sleep with Hagar. I'm not faulting her for coming up with that plan. She had a spiritual head and it was Abraham. And Abraham should have risen to the occasion and said, Sarah, if he's a smart husband. Sarah, that's a great idea. However, God said it's going to be done supernaturally. So therefore, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to sleep with Hagar. I'm going to sleep with you. And when God is ready, we're going to have a child because I have total trust and confidence in God. He'll take care of all of it. So go back to sleep, honey, and rest your mind, and it's going to be great by morning. It would have changed the whole world, the entire Middle East. I used to to blame it all on, on Sarah. The entire Middle East is Abraham's fault because he went along with a plan that was contrary to the word of God. Eve when she came to Adam, I believe the same thing, the same scenario. And we're seeing this play out constantly in our society today. Men not standing up and saying, I don't know everything, but I know that is wrong. And I know that God does not want us to do that. Eve, when she came to Adam and said, honey, I took of this fruit and it is really good. And if we take of it, you know, we'll kind of be like God. We'll be, I don't think she wanted to be God. I think she probably said we can help God a lot more if we know more about him. And by taking this fruit, we're going to be like God. And Adam should have got away from that TV set, put that channel changer down, got rid of that bucket of popcorn and said, Eve, Eve, Eve. Honey, I love you so much, but that's wrong. God said don't do it. But I don't understand. What's the big deal? Honey, we don't have to understand. 
Now, I realize it wasn't written at that time in the book of Proverbs. Honey, we don't have to understand. All we have to do is obey. Let's just say, I don't have to understand, but I do have to obey. How many of you have children that, uh, that uh, how many of you have young children that I love those ages of three to four when I finally figured out how to do it, uh, when, they, when everything you say to them, they ask a question. Why? Why? You know, you know the why years, what I'm talking about? Why, why, why? And, and finally, somebody told me one time out of victory, uh, well, it was past that stage then, but with the grandkids, it works. Just always ask them, why do you think? It's amazing the, the answers kids will come up to. Well, why do you think? But what, what happens is, is that we get out of the mode of understanding and realize if God can't figure it out, and if God can't do it, he certainly doesn't need your help. The whole problem with the world, Adam could have taken care of it. It wasn't Eve's fault. Eve had the plan. She shouldn't have. But I believe with all my heart, and this, it doesn't say this in Scripture, but I believe this with all my heart. If Adam had said, Eve, you made a horrible mistake, and we got to go to God, and we got to talk to him immediately. Honey, it was wrong. I know God's love. We know how much God loves us. He wants the best for us. Let's go to God. I'm not going to go where you went, but I'm going to cover you, and we're going to go and lay our life down before God. I believe the entire world would have been changed. I believe that's the kind of world God wants us to live in. Can you say amen to that? So anyway, Sarah just did what she thought should be done. Then, this is the commentary that, that, that I read, and I just loved it. It just, it, it, again, I wish my wife were here because some of this sounds so close. Sarah says, my wrong be upon you. The commentary I read said, Sarah, in effect, said, why did you listen to me? You should have known better than to do that. Now look what happened. <laughs> why did you listen to me? <laughs> and the guy walks off in the corner and says, God, I understand. I don't understand. I can't win in this situation. Now, in the wilderness, and uh, we'll just use a couple more scriptures here, but in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30 and 31, two very powerful scriptures when God was going to give the children the promised land. God has things that he wants to give you. He, has, he's, he wants to bless you financially. It's already written. He wants you to have his wisdom. He'll give it to you. He wants you to be led by the Holy Spirit. He wants you to live the word of God. So he's already told you how to live your life. And, and, and with the children of God, he loved them. He, this, th these were his children. He was in covenant with them. And he led them to the edge of the promised land. Some of you are on the edge of a breakthrough of the promise in your life. You're right on the edge. Don't leave. Don't back up. Keep moving ahead. Keep moving ahead. Because the blessings of God come up on you and will overtake you. Got to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. And they're right on the edge of the land. The 12 spies, you know the story. They go out. They look at the land. They come back, they describe the land, it is exactly as God said it would be. Every part of that land was exactly as God said it would be, but there were some additions that they saw when they looked at the land. There were fortified cities. They knew that, but God didn't say there would be fortified cities, but they knew there would be. They, they saw the, the descendants of Anak, huge monsters of men, and they saw them, and they came back, and two of the spies said, we're ready, God said, let's go. We are well able. Ten of the spies came back, and they had leaned to their understanding. They had looked at the fortified cities. They said, yep, there's a lot of fruit, land flowing with milk and honey. We can do it. 
We can, we can take it. However, there's an obstacle there that we saw. We can't do it. We can't do what God said. We are not able. Four words from, one, two, uh, from two spies, four words from ten spies, basically the same amount of words, but ten spies saw and understood the problem, and they focused upon the problem that was contrary to the word of God. Two of the spies focused upon what God said. And the people followed the ten spies. Folks, our trust has to be on the Lord, not what good, well-meaning people try to tell us. And all of you have friends and people that you confide in. I believe, and this is my personal opinion, you don't go to a friend that you love and that you have trust for and say, what do you think I should do? I believe you go to a friend and you tell a friend, if that's what you feel led to do, this is what I believe God has shown me. What do you think? Not asking for somebody else to lead and guide you, but you absolutely know what God has shown you. Let's say, I know without a doubt what God has shown me. You know that you know that you know. Back to my story of going to Tulsa. When I, when I went out to Tulsa... Uh, yeah, that's the scripture right up there. Let's go at once and take possession. Uh, when I went to Pam, I actually hoped that she would say, no, we're not going to Tulsa. Because I didn't really want to go. I couldn't figure it out. We had very little money. And I remember saying, honey, I've been praying, sitting right down there at the Wabash River, praying, and this is all I hear over and over again. Go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning for your life. I trusted in God what little I knew about God. I trusted in God, but I also trusted in my wife. But I didn't go asking her what we should do. I told her what I thought God said, and this was her response. It absolutely, ever sent chills for me. She said, then let's go. And I thought, glory to God, that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for somebody to call and board this mission. Uh, and it was like, well, let's go. And I think, oh, hallelujah. If we hadn't done that, I don't know where our marriage would be. I don't know where our life would be. I don't know where our finances would be. I believe God would have tried to bless me, but I believe I'd been so far out of the will of God, I just don't know what would have happened. I tell you, each and every one of you, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Joshua 1, 8 and 1, 9. We'll close with a couple of scriptures here. Uh, the Word of God says that we should meditate the Word of God day and night, and that way we will make our way prosperous, we'll make our way successful. That doesn't mean that you have to know the whole Bible and have it memorized. But I believe that means that whatever God has spoken to you, you need to meditate that day and night. God is my supplier. God is going to take care of everything. God's going to take care of this church. God's going to take care of the finances. God's going to take care of the, uh, the, the attendance. God's going to take care of the land. God's going to take care of the building. Because God showed me. I know where he said it. He said it for year after year after year after year after year. Think about Abraham and Sarah. Started out at age 75, and all of a sudden now they're 80. They still haven't seen the fulfillment. Now they're 85. Now they're 90. Now they're 95. Been easy to let go of that prayer journal. But instead, they kept that prayer journal. Made a mistake, but kept the prayer journal. Word of God says that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory, and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. The biggest need that you have is to trust God and live what God has shown you to live. Could you say amen to that? Let's all stand to our feet. And no matter how difficult the storm in your life is, some of you are in the midst of storms right now. 
You're going through things that you, you never thought you would have to go through. Uh, I think about Aaron Campbell back there. <clears throat> Thank God that Aaron's here. But all of a sudden, how many years at Walmart, Aaron? How many? 27 years at Walmart and doing a great job and being elevated and promoted and all those kind of things. And all of a sudden they walk in and they say, by the way, we just ended your position. You're no longer here. And, and uh, we're glad to have him back here in Lafayette. We're glad he's here. We only loaned him to Walmart in the first place. But, but, but all of a sudden, he's back here now. Now, God knew that was coming. Everybody say, God knows everything. Whatever you're going through today, what we need to do is realize that when we live the Word of God, we plug into the supernatural. Government is not your source. Money is not your source. Uh, success is not your source. Our source is Almighty God. And when we plug into the supernatural, we are truly blessed coming and blessed going. I think things will just start to happen in your life if you just position yourself where God wants you to be. And that is what God wants us to do. Get in alone in that quiet time. It's God, what did you say? But right now, I believe all of you need to go back to what is the last thing God told you to do that you haven't done? See, God loves us, but He's not going to let us not obey what He has for us because that's where the blessing's going to be. What is the thing that God showed you to do that you still haven't done that you know God wants you to do? Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? <clears throat> I want to ask you the most important question you'll ever answer in your life. And that is, do you know where you will spend eternity? And if you're here tonight and you're not sure, maybe you've never acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You, you, you know you've drifted away from the things of God. God loves you, but God is calling you. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, that's me, I, I know my life is not right with God, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray for you. We'll take just a moment. Holy Spirit, I thank you, Lord. You speak to every heart. Anyone else at this time? I see your hand. <clears throat> Anyone else? Timothy, come on down here. Would you give Timothy a hand as he comes down here? I know, it's a long walk. I know. It's a long walk. I know. It's a long, long walk. Some of you guys, come on down here with Timothy. Come on down here. David, Bill, come on up here. I'm glad, I'm glad to see you today. I felt like when we met that God said that I'm going to bring Timothy to your church and that I'm going to reveal my plan for his life. And I don't know what all you've been through, but I believe that God's going to heal a broken heart. God's going to heal some things in your life, and it's going to start tonight. Okay? Are you with that? Okay. All right. Stretch your hands out here. Let's pray this prayer. We're all going to join you as you pray this, Timothy. Let's pray together. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned. I made mistakes. But tonight, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart 
is to serve you. Please hold steady here with me and these guys. Would you bow your heads with me all over the church just for a moment? How many of you are here tonight and you would say, I know there are some things that the Lord has shown me to do, but I haven't been able to really understand it and I haven't done it. Can I see your hands? Yeah, get them up there real high. I want to pray for you. Father, you see every hand that's lifted right now. I pray that whatever that stronghold is that's trying to stop them from moving forth with what you've shown them, I break it in the name of Jesus and I loose the power, your power in their life to accomplish what you have shown them. And I thank you, Lord, that we're not going to back away from anything, but we're going forward because we have everything that we have need of when we are in the center of your will. And we thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, just a moment, we're going to give a hand out. Stay, stay right here, guys. Brad, come on down here with Timothy, our friend. Don't leave him down here alone. Come on down. Come on down. Now, I want, I want to, how many of you, you don't have to humor me along now by lifting your hands, but how many of you needed to hear this message tonight? Can I see your hands? You see, when you get away from trying to understand things and your only concern is this is what God said, the issue is settled, I'm moving forward. That's what we do. So I want to lead you in a confession because we are going from glory to glory. Can you say amen to that? Let's say it. I am a child of God. God leads and directs me. All of His blessings come upon me and overtake me. I am the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I am blessed coming. I'm blessed going. He supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. Therefore, now I want you to say this like you mean it. Therefore, I expect to be blessed because it's the will of God. Therefore, I walk by faith, not by sight. I trust God. Whatever God said, I believe and the issue is settled. Can you say amen to that? Now let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.